0: All right, Lady Ada, what is this?
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Chantal. It's me, Lady Ada. With me, Mr. Lady Ada. We're here at the Adafruit Factory. We do all our design and manufacturing. But for the next half an hour, we're going to be checking in with people around the world. What are they crafting and making and 3D printing and sewing and soldering? We're going to find out. Come on by. Everyone's welcome. We're here for the next 25-ish minutes on StreamYard. Uh, we're going to kick it off with some Adafruit peeps, see what they're up to. And then we'll go on to some guests as well. First up is Noam Pedro.
0: Hello. Hey, hey
2: folks. Oh, you know. I, yeah, <laughs> I was like going to practice before. <laughs> no, practice.
1: no practice.
2: Live demo. No practice live. So this is a fun uh, little project uh, that I wanted to make a case for. So so Carter Nielsen put together a Circuit Python powered sketching toy uh, with an OLED display. Uh, so we thought it'd be cool to remake the project. Um, with Display IO, uh, a Feather M4, and this time the TFT Feather. So instead of an OLED, we're using the TFT. And it's it's got two knobs, right? So you might know some iconic toy that you can sketch or perhaps etch with. You can use these knobs to move the little cursor around. <laughs> so, and some like trademark
1: name. I like to etch. I like <laughs> trademark <laughs> name with a red
2: <laughs> enclosure. The, I don't even know what to spell. I'm so nervous right now. So anyway, you can use the metal button to clear the drawing. And Cartimator made, uh, made it so you can easily change uh, some of the things like the colors. And so all I want to do is play around with uh, the scale factor so you can kind of get a better idea Ooh. of like, the, the things. So I'm gonna try to chunk. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to etch an icon. Y'all might know it's like so a manual a transmission
0: tron game.
2: Is it what okay, is this? I'll- what could this possibly be?
1: I, know, I have no
2: idea. My scaling is exactly what it is. is a exactly what
0: it's a floppy
2: disk? It's, it's a floppy yeah, It's a, floppy d- it's a How little. How do you know? I thought it was going to be the sad Mac. Yeah. yeah. I got to work uh, on my art. It's hard to get the. Kind
1: of Thank fun. You. Yeah,
2: so folks can build this. Um, it's really customizable. And you will spend all your time doing this. Making so,
1: floppy it's icons. A,
0: it's a Making pixel floppy design.
2: Icons.
1: It is a pixel design. Yeah, All right.
2: Icon. Yeah, I want to make the cow dog, but I could get in trouble. But no, I remember this Susan is sent us a was, Yeah. Well, we're like, not at the, the point where of,
0: YouTube has like, content cool. matching on d- drawings yet. I know. Don't worry. It's <laughs> next year. Oh, no. Coming okay. soon. <laughs> cool.
1: Don't, so, draw the, all right. don't draw Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Well, so, we'll be
0: I showing uh, the videos and the also your uh, speed up on tonight's Ask an Engineer.
2: All
0: right. Thanks, guys. All right. Next up, JP. What do you got going on this week? Hey, well, I got a couple things going on. I had shown a little
3: while ago this lovely little. Uh, web server running on, I'll hold it over here. A uh, little web server running on a Feather TFT ESP32 S2. And now I'm making a little enclosure for it. It has the battery in there. Uh, this one's running the little Wordle server, but it's a, a sort of a general web server in a box thing. So I'm going to be uh, sprucing this up a bit and then putting out a guide on that. I've started a guide so people can make their own little post-apocalyptic web servers um, for their favorite word games.
1: Maybe they don't want to go to New York Times. They might not want well, to,
0: yeah. You know, just on a side note, because like we all live in the world. When we started some of these projects, we're like, oh, we should make Wordle in case like there's no internet. And then, of course, like today, every talking head on the news is like, well, you know, there could be a cyber attack, no internet. So, yeah, if you're worried about you're, these things, go ahead and make make your site. make your offline Wordle if if you're really yeah. concerned about that. Uh, yeah. you can do that now. But we didn't we didn't time this this way.
3: No, but yeah. timing has a way of catching up with you. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, over here on this this monitor here, I've got um, Mario taking a nap right now on this little TV I just found. I was was really lucky. I've been uh, looking for a good CRT on the side of the road for about seven or eight years now and rejecting ones that were either too big or dumb brands or had a VHS tape in them. But I finally found this little 13-inch Sony that works great. I'm so excited about it.
1: Is that the monitor that has little knobs on the bottom?
3: No, it is not. It is a uh, TV, like a personal TV. That's a TV, uh, okay.
1: It's still to, very nice.
3: Yeah, it's not bad. I, I'm going to have to pull the shell off to, to tune like um, focus and stuff a little, which is slightly scary. But um, no knobs on it at all. It just has uh, video and uh, antenna on it. But the fact that it has composite NTSC video on the back is exciting because you can bit bang your ESP32. I've got a Feather ESP32, this new revision, the, the V2 running this really cool uh, Vaporwave Dolly Clock demo that uh, I'll, I'll post info about it. There's a couple of libraries that led to it, including Bitlooney and uh, Rossum. And then the Mario T or, or Mar- Marcio T I think is the name of the creator of this uh, particular demo. Really cool, it uses the Wi-Fi on the SP to grab Either you can set set it from like a web browser on your phone or or on your computer uh, once it gets on the network, or you can have it just use internet time so it'll uh, it'll go and, and grab it once you let it onto your your own Wi-Fi network. Uh, it even has I don't know if I can trigger it. It even has a little cap touch on one of these that'll switch the uh, the date
1: on. There we go. Switched oh, temporarily, which is cool. That is nice
3: uh there's a bunch of effects you can have it change uh, its color scheme based on time of day or just ramp through all the colors over the course of a minute or an hour so it uh, has some neat features and uh, we've got some plans on on doing a little bit of a of a guide involving this sort of thing maybe not with this particular board but it'll definitely definitely work with uh, with our newest feather ESP32 the, uh,
1: it looks like a great um, PC junior demo i love it
3: it does yeah
1: all right nice work okay we'll do a guide for this as well but we'll maybe cool. use some upcoming hardware
3: exactly yeah that's a tease
0: and cool. we'll uh play this video some other videos and uh your product pick and also your Persec tonight on Ask an engineer so tune in Terrific. and then everyone to tune in tomorrow for jp yeah. top as well
3: making all new content tomorrow so come come in for some more all,
0: all
1: right. right non-stop
0: thanks so much jippy
4: all right next up scott what's going on Hello, hello. Uh, talking about colors. So let me switch. Uh, I've been working on a keyboard, which should not be surprising. Um, so let me switch to the hover cam and hopefully it'll come up here. So this is the left half of my keyboard. Um, and you can see that I've got LEDs between all or below all the keys, and the keys are transparent, which is pretty cool. Um, and I just wanted to, wh- I kind of gone th- through this realization recently that color wheel. So we have. In CircuitPython, wheel is like super handy for things that aren't just making like LED strips do color wheel. Um, I'm using it here as like a, a heat map. So this is actually like, I'll, I'll put the cover of it. So this Whoa. is blue to red kind of through the color wheel, but using that as a like what keys I press the most. Um, so this is a heat map, and you can obviously see the home row here. Uh, plus the t is like kind of the the main key that i've been using on this left hand side it's not qwerty uh, it's not qwerty it's yeah. um, Colnac, um which is <laughs> my favorite thing and and this is why it's worth switching layouts if uh, but yeah so this and is like uh, a
1: demonstration cuz like normally f is not the most common key but this shows like there's less rsi risk cuz your your key you press the most is the one that you don't have to move for
4: Oh yeah, I've been I've been super happy with that, and you can actually see because this is an overhead. This is my trackball on the left here, and you can see that um, when I light it up, the cutie pie here is doing a touch sensor, and then I use the right hand side for uh, all my mouse presses and stuff too. So um, I wanted to show this just as a really another I think pretty cool use of color wheel that's now built in. Um, the other use that I had was using it to identify different sensors and the broadcast net stuff. Mm. it's um you can get pretty distinct colors within that 255 range and so if you need just like i have three devices and i want to show different colors for each of them you just plop some number in there and you get something relatively distinct and unique uh versus like trying to do like rgb independently and getting something that doesn't look like white is actually quite hard
1: very nice Um, so
4: color wheel's just awesome for that and of course kb2040 um and this is the soulful uh, new version that uses the the reverse mount neopixels, which are way better than trying to reverse mount the regular ones. Yes, um, I That's tried to do the rever- the regular ones and it, I couldn't do it. Like I've been soldering for a while and I couldn't ha- handle it. And then I got these boards with the reverse mounts and they're mm-hmm. just like so much nicer.
1: Yeah, they're very hand solderable. All
0: right, and uh, this Friday you're still on for deep dive with Scott.
4: Yep, this is this will be the last deep dive I do before I'm off on paternity leave, and uh, planning on chatting with Foamy Guy, who's going to be taking my spot over for me starting next week.
0: Right on. So five p.m. So we're going to do a
4: we're going to do a crossover. Four p.m. or uh, five p.m. this week. Five p.m. Eastern, 5 so Eastern. two p.m. Pacific. That's what yeah. I thought. All right, cool. cool. Be All
0: right. In. Thank Thanks. you so much, Scott.
1: Thanks for coming by, Thank Scott. Thank you. All
0: yeah. right, Jeff, what you got going Talk on keyboard. this week?
5: Hi, it's not a keyboard. Uh, Maybe I'll bring a keyboard sometime soon, but uh, I've been working with my Apple II floppy drive and here it is disassembled. Oh, there's the front, disc two. So uh, what we're looking at today is this is how the spindle motor works. There's There's a motor up here which rotates a pulley and comes down here and there's no index sensor, but all of our duplicating software and backup software and archival software really wants the index sensor there. So I've looked around on the internet at what people are doing. And my plan is to add one of these reflective sensors on a little 3D printed post. So uh, we'll lift it up and kind of place it here between the the arms of the pulley. And hopefully sticking tape on the wheel will work out. So that's what I've uh, been playing with. And if you feel if you follow the development on FlexEngine, I've been successfully reading and not really successfully writing floppies for my real Apple II using a PC drive and Flex engine FlexEngine weasel. So uh, more floppy stuff. Just wanted to show kind of the interior of this old drive. By the way, they did not go up in value. So, you know, this was not a good investment uh, if you were looking no, to- they're well, well, they're
1: for it They're actually cheaper food. now than they used to be. Yeah, I mean, they're
5: lower than the introduction price, let alone
1: yeah. the, like $2, the price always, of interest.
0: There's always something you can do, whatever price point you're willing to spend with retro stuff. So that's one of the cool things about yeah. it. Yeah, Because there is uh, a lot of some things, and some things are a little bit more scarce, but you can always find something. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jeff. All right. More
5: floppies next time, maybe.
0: All yes. Right. We're going to go to Phil B, Paint Your Dragon. You have a book, I think. And then we're going to go to Mark, and then Liz, car? and then Paul. You got
1: some
6: other yeah, people? come on, yeah. You go to other people for a no, bit. no, I, too late. Now you're okay. here. Uh, all right. Anyway, you know, I like I like like super esoteric computer history type stuff. Yeah, By the I'm way, shocked. This the is my computer shock history face. museum in Mountain View is open again. They've been closed because of the pandemic for a while, but uh, you, you can go uh, tour the the exhibits there again. Um, you know, just they have the requirement. You need the mask and everything, but that's cool. Um, it's a fun place to visit. but i wanted to, I wanted to mention this book. I've been raving about this on Twitter if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's a book called uh, Biography of the Pixel by Elvi Ray Smith. And uh, yeah, right there, uh, he he co-founded Pixar. Um he invented the idea of the alpha channel HSV color. like the guy has like street cred yeah. um, with computer stuff. And it's basically um,
1: I hate pixel posers.
6: right um it's an account of the history of computer graphics leading up to uh movies like you know toy story and ice age things like that and um so a a number of years back he kind of retired from uh computer stuff and he pursued uh genealogy and just as he distinguished himself in computer graphics, he's like this big dude in genealogy now. There, there's societies and awards and stuff. And uh, there, there's a certain um, thoroughness to genealogical analysis. And he applied that same sort of thing to uh, the history of computer graphics and where a lot of things came from. Uh, you know a lot of the things we hear about with you know like Nyquist and sampling theorem and so like history is written by the victor as they say and it's like a lot of these things came from other places and uh, he 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 kind of gives a whole account of where a lot of this stuff came from um, and it's if you like like wildly esoteric computer history it's it's chock full of them. Um, so I would recommend this if, if you're, a, a very much a, a techno geek, uh, interesting read. It's like some mind blowing stuff about, uh, computer history. That's
1: great. I might to see if the library has it. Yeah.
0: Um, I have some, uh, books that I hope I can, uh, show, uh, I'll only just do this one preview because I'm, this is the inside the personal computer. It's an illustrated pop-up book. Yes. Um, yeah. So classic. That's my, uh.
6: That's my trade for you. Since I said,
0: if you show a book, I'll show a book.
6: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, funny thing. One one of the mind blowing moments in here: the very first digital stored program computer, the uh, Manchester Baby, also had. That's where computer monitors came from. The first computer had the first monitor, and you'd think it was like something that came along later. Yeah, you know what
0: they say: which came first, the the computer monitor or the computer?
6: Yeah, no, it says that. So um, anyway, it's just lots of just weird cracks uh, right. through history. All Thank right. you,
0: Paint Your Dragons book club
6: okay. of the month.
1: Thanks, Will All
0: right, next up, we're gonna go to Mark, then Liz, and then Paul. Mark, take it away. Hey, Mark. Doing stuff out okay. over
7: there. So my normal place for my second camera is occupied because I'm working from home still for the rest of this week. So just one second, we'll pretend my camera is switching. I'm pretending. To, to a project that has gone actually way better than I thought it would, uh, my friends and me are, are always arguing about who takes the most time when we're playing board games thinking about their turn. <laughs> yeah. And leads to constant fights. So I started putting together something basically as a turn timer uh, y- using parts that I just saw you guys showing off on Ask an Engineer. Uh, so you can select your number of players. You get to actually select which color every player is, now that I put four players, of course, and gets all stut, And then I'll show you the color of the player. It's kind of washed out on this. And a term timer that then whenever you press the giant button, which is just the most fun in the world to press, uh, it will switch player to player, showing their color and uh, timing them. So you'll yeah. finally know who actually is taking the longest. Okay.
0: That's cool.
3: Which is Good.
7: very important.
0: And what do they win?
7: Breaking rates, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> the or thoughtful. not being the slowest.
0: Yeah, they win the slowest competition.
7: All right. But the best part about this was, um, big thanks to Dan for AsyncIO and Python. I've got two different displays, plus all the input running and before I've done similar things that I had to have my own timing loops and figuring this out, what state am I in? This is what made this the code come together in about two days of just sort of half working on it. It works so well.
0: That's cool. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mark. You could use this for the show and tell guests too. You can. Uh,
7: yeah. <laughs> you can All just right. have it in the corner. Yeah. We'll just... Yeah. Time everyone. Yeah, I just have to finish the 3D case. Right now, it's um, really just a pile of wires behind there. So that's the next step. And then I'll uh, set to actually find out who takes the longest. All
0: right. Well, come back when um, you have a finish, too. like to see it in its completed form.
7: Will do. Thanks uh, a lot. Right. So, all, right.
0: all right, we're going to go to Liz, and then we're going to wrap up with Paul. And I think Paul's going to be talking about exciting new podcasts I've heard about on the internet. Liz, take it away.
7: Hey, how's
4: it going? Um... I've been wanting to play around with um, this uh, rotary encoder that you folks have in the shop. So um, I just was kind of sketching around, maybe like doing like a UI thing with a matrix. Um, so right now I just have it. So you press up uh, whatever column well, is Can you selected. move
1: your hand up a little bit? We can't, yeah. To do. You want to see the cool ring. Yeah.
4: <laughs> um, so when you turn the encoder, you get Ooh. this line going um, and nice. it goes back and forth. Um, and then right now I have it, if you press up, then the select a column you can
1: mm. get and
4: then start going that. So oh, it's like a little demo. Sort of, yeah, just kind of sketching around a bit, see what will come of it, but just wanted to start playing with that little spinny thing.
1: Nice work.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Liz.
4: No problem. Have a good
0: one. All Thank right. You. And Paul, play us out what you got going on.
8: I launched the circuit Python show, a new podcast, and the first episode dropped Yay. yesterday. Wow. Yay. Yay! It's got Adafruit's uh, own Katni Rembor. Uh, in the first episode. She talks about her journey through open source and mentoring and what goes into a learn guide. We had a great conversation. And uh, coming up next week on Tuesday, I'll have Les Pounder of Tom's Hardware on, and we're going to talk about all kinds of different microcontroller boards.
1: He's a big fan. Right He's on. got them all, by the way, like every microcontroller board, I think.
8: Yeah. He, and in fact, I've got a picture that he took on the fr- front page of circuitpythonshow.com because he's got all the boards. You're not kidding. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Um, tonight, we're going to go over uh, the Python on Hardware newsletter. I'm going to play the trailer, a uh, little bit of overview of uh, the podcast. Um, what type of uh, time length? Because I know some people who download podcasts, they're like, oh, I go for a walk for half an hour or because you know, obviously this one has people and it's an interview. Uh, how long do you normally do
8: these. So I'm shooting for right around a half hour, they're coming in right around 25 to 35 minutes, depending on the conversation, we just kind of let it flow. and We come in and we come out when we're done.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a good amount because I think it's, so. it's exactly the right amount of time. I know there's like three and four hour podcasts. I can't, those are a little harder to do. That's
1: like a full-time job. Yeah. Man. But like half
0: literally. an hour, half an hour is pretty good. Cause usually if you're in, if you're commuting or for some type of transit, like 20, 30 minutes. Yep. Take the um, dog for
8: a walk. Exactly. Yeah. I just want
1: to give your eyes a break. I like to lie down and just listen to stuff. It's like my eyes are just like, they're staring at little text all the time.
0: And uh, thank you for doing this. This is one of the things that folks had suggested. They're like, Oh, I'd really like a, you know, Python on hardware podcasts, it's like, you know what? We're just, we just can't. Uh, we do a show and tell. We have Ask an Engineer. We also you know, happen to do Adafruit. And um, we also know that there's more people doing more things with CircuitPython than we ever imagined. There's more non-Adafruit boards out there than Adafruit boards. So um, thank you for doing this um, because it, it's something that people want to know. A lot of people listen to audio.
8: And I agree. Um,
0: yeah, and this is this, they wanted an interview style thing. Oh, I want to like hear more about the people behind the you know some of the code, some of the people that are doing projects, some of the people that are um, coming at it from different uh, angles and stuff. So thanks for thanks for doing this. I'm uh, queued up on. Uh, I, I listen to uh podcast. I download files and then I listen to it because I'm perfect. Like, yeah. You know, and thanks for putting a real RSS feed up uh-huh. and you have, I think everything on every possible network. It, I it tried. And one
8: thing I need to work on is get better transcripts. So that'll be coming in the near future.
0: Yeah. I've tried better a few, service. I've tried a few different things. I know that it's also on YouTube and YouTube does some automatic captions now. Yep.
8: I, I do upload subtitles to YouTube. So yeah. that's another way to, to, to watch it as well.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Paul. Looking forward to all the episodes. And uh, keep coming back. And if uh, if you have an overview or if you want to do a sneak peek or something, we'll do. We're here. we're here every single week. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks so Bye. much, Thanks, Paul. Paul. All right. That's our show and tell for the week this week. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you probably next week or it might be, you know, Pedro or JP. We'll see how uh, slam we are. But uh, we do show and tell every single week. As long as it's long longest running show and tell for electronics in the world. I think just even regular show and tell online video this is kind just of the saying. longest it's, like,
1: it's been like a decade it's gone a
0: long time yeah. um so we'll see everybody in just a few and ask an engineer starts in just a few minutes oh you know what i'll do well i'm just going to show a couple more pages so this is the pop-up guide to the wondrous world of personal computers oh it's pop-up yeah and so i'm i'm getting ready to uh do some photos on this and uh you know it's a little floppy that oh. so you can uh, come out yeah and I'll just, there's not that many pages, which is fine because this is a pretty intense pop up book as far as pop up books go. <laughs> um, and then there's a lot of uh, yeah, it all the pieces are here, so that's kind of good. And then, uh, here's computer, here's RAM, so I'm here you can see I'm RAM, okay. And uh, I think my favorite page is this one because it's uh, it just pops Ooh. up, yeah, and uh, this comes out too. And it came with the oh, real, yeah. yeah, and it also came with like. A real floppy
1: i think that they went crazy with this like flop, yeah removable floppy
0: and you can see here's
1: this is so adorable oh and it, it's even like got it inner yes. layer wow they really went yes intense on the floppy disks i think they were like yeah we're gonna put so many floppies in this
0: and uh this is kind of neat because it shows how uh things write to a screen so
1: oh it's a little ray gun yeah, yeah. so
0: it shows how it writes to the screen and there's a computer yeah. monitor and then here's a printer. Attach- spin, spin, ki- spin, a printer. That's that of Anyway, that's uh that's our show and tell. That uh, was
1: a nice show and tell. Yeah, we'll
0: have some uh, photos and more and we're going to be writing about this. It's a it's a fun way to look at computers from the past. Learn from them. Yeah. Okay. I
1: Onward to everybody. the future.
0: See everybody next week.
1: Bye.